And we are live, folks. Welcome back to Space, Time, and Energy. Thank you so very much for tuning in. This is episode 10 that we are recording today. Episode 10. We're going to go ahead and get the, the episode started here. We have Miss Anya on the line with us. We certainly appreciate her showing up today and hope to hear and be blessed with some of the things that she has to attribute to this conversation. So we're going to jump right on into it, guys. There are so many Black women who have whose names have been swept under the rug when it comes to police brutality, when it comes to the medical industry, and many other things. But I definitely want to just talk about these three women um, that I'm going to mention today in regards to the medical industry. I think there needs to be a serious conversation that needs to be had in regards to Black women and maternity ward. There's an epidemic going on right now. It's been going on for a very long time, actually hundreds of years it has been going on. This is not something that's new, um, but I do want to attribute this episode to the many, many women who have lost their lives during childbirth due to the deliberate neglect of those in charge of our health. Those three I mentioned today will be Amber Isaac, Shaysia Washington, and Kira Johnson. Those three women are the first three women that I've ever heard of this happening to. And that is sad, not only because of the way that they lost their lives when these things could have been prevented, but because those are the only three names that I know. There's such a huge issue and epidemic going on right now. And this is not just in the United States, um, but taking some numbers from the UK as well. Black women are three to four times more likely to actually die during childbirth due to preventable complications. For some reason, they continuously fall through the cracks, especially now during a pandemic where a lot of women are giving birth on their own. They're not being properly taken care of. They're not being, being taken serious. When they're saying something's wrong, something's different, I don't, I'm not feeling okay. Mm -hmm. I feel like conversation that really needs to be had. I know I was reading up on um, recently in New York where they were trying to say, I don't, when they first started the stay at home order, women who were going into labor were not allowed to have anybody in the hospitals at all. And the governor literally was like, no, we have to pass where at least one person, a partner, a mother, somebody has to be able to go in with this woman. Like, and I know that, Anya, like, you know this firsthand, so I really want you to kind of talk about your experience. And I definitely want you to speak on this because you, you firsthand, you've gone through that fear of like, what's going on? Or like, you know, everything's moving really fast and you, you have questions and maybe you're not getting answers or maybe you felt uncomfortable. I, I really want you to just kind of speak on that from your perspective. So I'm a mom. I have a daughter who was born three months early. And, you know, just to throw another statistic out there, Black women are 50% more likely to have a preterm birth. Things like that, that nobody can give us a reason for why. And some of it, you know, I would attribute to that strong Black woman stereotype where often we're praised for the abuse that we can endure, like the emotional distress we can take on. How much can we take? And I think that, you know, kind of leads to this ideology that we're invincible, <laughs> essentially. And that trickles down into the medical field and even how we're prescribed certain medications, how our cries or pleas for help aren't taken seriously because, you know, you're okay, you got it. And, you know, I firsthand can speak to that fear of being in the delivery room, you know, with things happening emergently, you know, having to make quick decisions and actually fearing like, I want to make it through this surgery, you know, because 
you just never know with statistics like being three to five times more likely to die for preventable causes. That's something very scary. You can see it like, you know, having a daughter who has medical complexity. She has certain things that you're able to, you know, talk with other parents and meet with certain people. Like, for example, she goes to a medical daycare and literally most of the parents I see there are Black. Mm. And it makes you stop and question, like, why is that? Why is it that this is something that's heavily impacting Black women and Black families significantly? Even when she was in the ICU, I swear, most of the families, you know, not even just Black women, but were POC. Mm. And it makes you wonder, why is that so, you know? And I'm really sorry that that happened, because, you know, that definitely should never happen to anyone, you know, in humanity. But this is the reality that we have to face. You know, we could say it should never happen as much as we want, but the truth in the matter is, is that it is. It's happening every day. It's getting to a point where, you know, now we're we're finally starting to notice that, hey, our 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 sisters are dying. Like they're really going in here trusting these people that we're supposed to trust that, you know, have these ethics and these certain codes. On Space Time and Energy, we like to delve onto both sides, both sides of the coin. There's always more than one side to a story. There's always multiple perspectives involved. While I will say that I don't feel like doctors, nurses, people who are in that delivery room or who are making certain decisions up and down the hierarchy are actually racist in their intent. The system was never built for us to begin with. So when we have certain images of women, like, you know, when you put certain images of people that you see all the time, like healthy childbirth, for instance, we always see like a white woman, like, and I'm like, this is no lie, like on, it's on diapers, it's on all types of advertisement. This is what we're looking at. This is what people create. Now, now you have that thought in your mind of what a healthy pregnancy is supposed to look like. I feel like, you know, now we have these certain pictures in our mind of what it's supposed to look like. And so now these people who are actually, remember, they're still human beings. They still think like we do, use the bathroom same place that we do. They do the same, you know, things that we do. So I can only assume that how I intake information, they take it in the same. They may process it differently, but we still have the same means of retaining or receiving information. In these delivery rooms when we're here, there's a certain image of what it's supposed to look like, right? And then when you have a Black woman, there's an, an image of what it's supposed to look like based on history, based on what we've seen, based on the doctors who back in, even in slave days, back during civil rights even, like this has gone on for so long where Black women were treated with like maybe they were have, they had like a surgery or something and they weren't even given anesthetic, where they were forced to go through and endure certain pain. Again, like you said, because of that notion of the strong black woman, oh, you can do it. You know, they took our men away from us and they told us to run the household. Now we out here raising our son. So like, you know, there's a lot of different hats that we were forced to wear. And now, you know, we're really at a point where we're trying to bring everything together so that we can finally live the life that we have always been destined to live without fear, without having to wonder if I have a child, I got to make sure I have this. I got to make sure, you know, like there are certain things that white women don't have to think about, you know, because you know that you're going to be taken care of. And that's what we deserve as well. And that's why we need to protect black women. Like the, we are literally the seed. And it makes me so upset to talk about it because people think black women just talk just because we want to, we're trying to be heard. I mean, yeah, like we really are. We are trying to be here because no one's listening to us. I literally have my own experience and I, I don't have any children yet. 
But I had my own experience recently where I had my appendix removed. It was fine. You know, multiple doctors came in and talked to me. Everybody was really nice. You know, like the, everybody at the hospital, very, very nice people. Um, everybody did the things that I would expect to be done if I feel like I'm being properly cared. What bothered me was after the surgery. Surgery was done. Of course, I'm not feeling well for the next few days, but it kept happening. Like I still wasn't feeling well and I had a pain on the other side. So not the side where my appendix was, but on the other side. And I kept calling up there. I kept calling because they said like, if something's wrong, if you feel like something's wrong, like you need to call because you're, you've had abdominal surgery. Like you, we need to know something's wrong. So they were like, call. I called up there two times during, it was like within a three day period. And really no one had any answers. No one really wanted to, it seemed like. Nobody wanted to help. And I'm like, hey guys, like I'm, I don't know if I should come into the ER. I don't know. Like, I don't know. You guys are the experts. You tell me what you think. And they, you know, I didn't feel like they really cared enough. So finally, I went to go, I had an appointment. I went in to see the surgeon and let him know. Because again, this is, you know, I've never had abdominal surgery before. I don't know what it's supposed to feel like. I don't know what it's supposed to look like. Yes, doctors, they may be a little bit nonchalant because maybe they truly think that something's not wrong, but that's an issue. You're not perfect. It's a practice. It's called a practice for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I, I really felt alone because my life is literally in your hands. You have, like, you have the capacity and the knowledge to let me know, figure out if there is something wrong. I, I waited inside the room for him for like 30 minutes and I talked to him for three minutes for him to tell me that I need to go see my OBGYN. I ended up going to my primary care physician because it's like, you know, I was, I was nervous about it. I'm having trouble walking. You want me to take opioids because, because of the pain. I'm like, I don't want to keep taking that that doesn't make me feel good it's hard to articulate because it's hard to fathom that this kind of thing can happen because in that moment I was like I don't know what to do I was having that pain and that it was like serious like I can't walk like I can't sit in a chair I'm having a hard time like I need you know I need something and he just wanted me to go back to work like he I don't know like he thought I was okay for some wow. reason I saw my doctor literally a couple days later and he told me that um, I actually have a tear in my abdomen. So my whole side is like torn and I shouldn't be like the other doctor, the surgeon, he told me like, you need to just stretch. You need to make sure you're exercising. You're doing this and that. And I'm like, dude, I literally followed your instructions to the T uh -huh. when I left this hospital and I'm telling you that I'm having this pain. And you're just, you know, brushing me off. Like he literally, as I'm still telling him like, hey, and I need a note for work to return back to work. He's like, like literally walking out the door. He, he took some like paper from the, the other lady. He was like, can you finish her? And I'm like, yo, wow. crazy. And I was like, am I tripping or is this situation like crazy? Because, and I, and I was by myself. So it was like, you know, like, that's another reason why we do not need to be alone in these situations. We don't need to be alone, period. And I always advocate for Black women, especially if a doctor denies you treatment, ask them to document that in your chart, that you deny treatment. If I ask for you to prescribe or treat something specifically, and you turn it down against my recommendation, put that in my chart. Because right. then that makes you completely accountable for that if something happens to me down the line. Because I asked you to... Right and you didn't mm -hmm. so it's like for that very reason is why we should we need to make sure 
that we're fighting this strong black woman stereotype. Because let's talk about how gynecology was invented off the study of the black womb. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can we talk about it? Talk about it, sis, because literally it was built amongst or on top of the foundation of the belief that we don't feel pain. Mm -hmm. Right. If we know things are systemic, we know that information has only been compiled and corrected on top of that belief. Mm -hmm. So for us to be here and for you to endure something as crazy as that, like, I'll tell you, after my C-section, because, you know, I had an emergency section with my daughter who was born early. I had to go back for my follow-up. Everyone mm-hmm. has a follow-up. They're supposed to look at the scar. They're supposed to press down mm-hmm. the stomach, make sure everything is healing how it's supposed to be. I came in, I sat down, and the lady comes in, and she literally is like, are you experiencing any pain? And I'm like, well, you know, other outside of the normal. And mm-hmm. she's like, okay, well then, you know, have a great day. Pass me on the shoulder. And I'm like, can you look at it? This is my first child. I don't know how this is supposed to be going. Yeah. I had to request for her to look at the, the actual scar. And she's like, okay. <laughs> like, I just ruined her day because I need it. Wow. And it's just that common principle. It's like the... It's association when you think about it, because like you were saying, Jada was mentioning earlier how she doesn't believe everybody has, you know, that, you know, coherent, racist, you know, motive. And I can agree with that. Mm -hmm. I think it's association and and microaggressions as such, like when you clutch your purse when I come into the elevator. Are Mm -hmm. you a, you know, blatant racist? No, but you might have some covert prejudice Mm -hmm. underlying we we always talk about layers here there's so many layers to this it's not just one dimensional again it's not there's more than one side to every single story no matter what that story is and how painful it is it it's there for some reason you know the other side of the mountain's still there whether you see it or not so it's so important for us to be more aware than ever especially with covid going on for all those women who may go into childbirth or who may have to have that emergency surgery and they may be fearful of what's going on i was definitely afraid nobody could be there for me and all i could think was i'm a black woman i'm different looking like um i'm afraid of what's going to happen because i don't want to continuously feel like my pain is not real right because it's again as we said in our last episode it's not a matter of opinion it's a matter of a fact just because you don't feel the pain doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt and that was one thing that i truly feared going into the hospital by myself during covid and nobody could go back there with me it's a valid fear how many of us are actually walking out of these hospitals okay I've had surgery in the in the past before as well. And now thinking about it, like I was a victim then too, and I didn't even realize it. But I had um, an ACL repair and he didn't even do it right. He wow. didn't do it right. And not only did he not do it right, he didn't give my family the opportunity to make a decision. Do we want to go with you or not? Because you don't know what you're doing. But he decided to make me a guinea pig. And now here I am and I'm still having issues you know like these are things that happen to us and if we're not educated which i was not and my mother was not then we continue to truth truthfully you know play into the hand that this whole system was built on and that's the continuous oppression of black people and it starts with the seed and that's us 
what really got me and you were just speaking about motherhood and I think it it affects us on all levels obviously because of medical but when it comes to me just going in for a checkup and not knowing if I'm walking out of there with the utmost care like I don't go to school for this Mm -hmm. so yes I should know my body but I shouldn't necessarily know everything that you that you went to school for that you're supposed to be educated on and I'm supposed to be able to trust that you have my best interests at heart when it comes to to my you know to my medical condition and the fact that we can go into the doctor walk out feeling the exact same way as um, a white woman and leave there with not even a slight care or even a second thought of us as human beings. Like, I think that's what scares me the most because these are medical professionals and they don't see us as humans still. Mm-hmm. And so like when you read up on history and you see all the experience, experiments they did on black people and black women specifically, um, continuously and you just think like how how is that possible and what is the what are the precautions that we can take not being knowledgeable about you know necessarily what they go to school for to really protect ourselves one definitely we should know our bodies I completely understand that we should definitely listen to our bodies too and we shouldn't fall into the idea um that is pushed on us that we're overbearing that we're doing too much that you're too loud you know um because essentially that's um belittling our our intuition and when we go against that that's our ancestors saying like no baby like there's something wrong with you you know like listen to it um and that that severely scares me and I was thinking about it and I'm just like this has been happening for years and it, it's not that it's every black woman that it happens to it's not that it's every white person who is like this you know but it's it, it scares me my mom had two c-sections with me and my sister and I had already been just a little bit weary about c-sections in general but you know childbirth in general everything aside is very dangerous so on top of that, <laughs> you having people who do not care about you or your offspring, that is mind-blowing to me. And I can't help but think that it's part of the underlying agenda to erase us as a race. There's one of many, many ways. Another one is yeah. integration. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. Integration is another one. They all think that having a white woman means that you're, you have more money, this and that. Um, and that notion was created, I really, truly believe, to integrate us, to integrate into, like you said, to eradicate the Black race as a whole, because eventually, and that's not to say that integrating is necessarily bad, but your reasoning behind integration shouldn't be because you're against Black people. You know? Like that, that goes into like the whole colorism and the whole, just the whole issue that we have, the whole stigma and stereotype that is literally attached as a leech, as a parasite on the Black community. It's sickening. And it's in so many different areas. And it's like, how do you attack them all? How, exactly. But specifically for Black women. Oh, yeah, specifically <laughs> for Black women. Like, we're being pulled into so many directions, like, with the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Black women started that. You know, it was, you know, with, with the whole Trayvon Martin, that's when it was first birthed. And that was through the original seed of the planet. And, you know, we, we, we just have had battle after battle. 
And I, I truly believe, you know, the, the reasoning behind that is because, yes, we can. So we can prevail and we are going to prevail if we continue to uncover these things that have happened to us, uncover the truth behind it so that we can break free of these chains. Because if mm-hmm. we continue to allow it to happen, like, yeah, we can sit back and let people say what they want to say about us and give up and, okay, then what? Where does it stop? Yeah. Where does it stop? We still have people who are coming after us and people who are still here with us who need some kind of an outlet. We need to start demanding more for ourselves. People, people are going to say what they want to say based on their own perception, based on their own knowledge, whatever they know, whatever they think they know, whatever they heard from Facebook. Like People are going to go off of that. They don't research Nine times out of ten, if you share a post, somebody's going to read the headline and just share it. They'll never read the article. Mm-hmm. They don't even read what you're actually saying. Mm-hmm. No Name Gypsy, she's a R&B artist. She put out a tweet, essentially, that said, and I'm paraphrasing, essentially was saying that, you know, people's whole music career is built off the plights of Black people and haven't said anything in the midst of everything going on. And this came right off the heels of George Floyd's untimely demise, his murder, let's talk about it. And then essentially what J. Cole did, (laughs) he wrote a song called Snow on the Bluff, which essentially was an indirect jab at her, essentially just saying like, you know, you're preaching to the choir like saying that who she's talking to, they already agree with her beliefs. So what are you really doing outside of just ranting and shouting at people? And when you're doing that, just educate instead of shun, which I can understand and I can agree with. And that's essentially all that really happened. But my issue was just, so with everything going on, J. Cole, you decided to take your platform, right? And what you used your platform to do was attack yeah. a black woman. Black woman, yeah. And with that, what you're saying is, instead of shun and yell, educate, that is not her job. Mm-hmm. Her job is That's not to educate you. She's tired of being She's tired of bowing down. We tired, J. Cole. <laughs> right. We tired, honey. We tired, boss. It's like... And that's the problem. I feel like that so perfectly captured the climate and the belief of Black women or the, you know, perception of Black women because I feel like often people look at us like it's our job to educate. It's your job to come and step in. Look at that, that little Black girl who's marching and shouting, hands up, don't shoot. It's like, this is not what she's supposed to be doing. That, yeah, stuff like that hurts me because I'm like, you know, like, okay, I see the message, but the message is honestly ignorant. Because what are you really teaching our daughters? To be yeah. the forefront of everything? To put their necks out there every single time something's going on? We got to be the forefront. We got to be the educators, the suppliers, the redeemers, the healers. We got to be everything. She carries. It's just, it's crazy because I just feel like specifically for Black women, we just take on so much consciously and, and, and um, unconsciously, subconsciously as well. Um, and I continuously say that because I really want people to get a picture of how it could be the, the smallest thing where we feel obligated or responsible for when it's not even our issue. Like, it's not even our issue. Like, things that are not our issue are made our issue indirectly because we're at the bottom. 
what do you do with people at the bottom? You throw everything on top of them. And so somehow you having a bad day at Johnny's basketball game <laughs> becomes my issue as a black woman when I'm just trying to live my best life. Like it's, and it's, I, I think that it's just so it's far fetched when we speak about, um, when we speak about the black lives matter movement and um, the protect black women movement and how, those two things, although they should be speaking to the same thing and the same message, they are not. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yep. they're not. And it's and it's 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 crazy because, like we said, Black women started the Black Lives Matter movement. So how the hell did we get sabotaged in our our own movement that we started for Black people? Obviously, I mean, you know, that's what that's what it's about, but for us to be undermined in our own movement like that to me that is crazy how do you have black lives matter movement when you're not in including the people who birth you like you would not even exist if it wasn't for black women um it's mind-blowing to me and i i think that i and i said this in our last um episode too that if we are not healed if we are not taking care of if we are not supported if we are continuously shut down and shut up by society the nation will continue to be broken we will continue to not be healed as a people because we're all connected and that's not to say that black and white people are the same because we're not the same we're people but we're not the same like that's just we're just not um and so I think that it's it's very important that we recognize that. And I think that is very important that black men actually stand up for black women and know how to do that in every instance. It's not just something that happens externally and publicly. It's something, it, it really starts with your mind, how you perceive, how you interpret the black woman as a person, her gestures, her thoughts, and how you react to that but people think that it's so surface and it's really not. At the end of the day, we got a life to live, like enjoy. This is what we should be doing. We should be enjoying our life. We should be, you know, being able to have the things that we want to have without fear. And last week we started talking about things that you can do in order to protect yourself or to teach those around you to protect yourself. Yes, we shouldn't be the ones who are always educating, but what we wanna also start doing is start educating before we need them to know these things. Before it becomes a problem. Before it becomes, okay, now I got a Karen screaming in my face and now it's life or death for me. We need those people to be able to stand at attention and to know what's going down, to understand and to handle it with dignity and grace, period. It's not going to happen overnight. That's another thing. It's not going to happen overnight. But how are your daughters going to be? Think about that. They're daughters. We have lineages to create. There's a reason why we're here having these thoughts. And, you know, we didn't just come up with these things on our own. There's a greater power, something higher than us. Mm -hmm. So whatever our path, our destination is, I don't know. But listen, you know, it's up to us. So anyway, I'm just moving forward. 
I did talk about a couple of these points last week, so I'm not going to go over them, but manifestation, you do want to manifest good people in your life. You want to manifest those who are eight, who are like-minded. I think we did talk about that one last week, but people who are like-minded, people who are interested in knowing more and they don't, they're not ignorantly going in. Like they don't just want to come and talk to you about this because they're trying to shut you down or they're trying to shut you out or make you feel like you should see it something differently. Because again, your pain is not an opinion. Get around people who are like-minded, who understand these issues. And if they, and if they want to know, be open to telling them the issues and talking yeah. to them. So you want to manifest those good people. You want to also believe that you can be around, that there are people who are around you who are like-minded. I think that is so important because if you don't actually believe that you can have those kinds of people, you can be around a certain type of person, you're never going to get there you want to watch how you stand up for others and how much those people stand up for you. I think that's so important because again, we talked about today, we are always on the forefront. We are always at the front. Always. Who's got your back? It's important to take note. This is something that has really empowered me and that's joining groups and especially, you know, now with COVID going on, there are hundreds of thousands of groups out here that you can join, such as like plant groups or gardening groups, you know, things that maybe you didn't, you may want to get into that you want to find those people who look like you who are doing that thing. Facebook, we're always on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. You can see these posts from these people. So you're filling your mind and that's what creates manifestation. Like Telly was saying, you know, you're going to be what you think. Whatever you think in your mind is what you're going to be. Um, we need to continue to educate ourselves, ourselves. Because right. again, yes, we want to... About ourselves. About ourselves, exactly. We need to get in these books. There's so much information in books. There's so much... You can go to a library. You can go on eBay. There, I have plenty of Black books that I've read. Like, read these books about people who are like you. Those words stick in your mind. And that's another part of manifestation. You need to read these books, especially, you know, you want to see words that have, that include what you look like. That's very accurate, though. Yeah. I can't tell you how many Black people that I've asked, like, do you know your history before slavery? If you believe that's your starting point, you've already put yourself into your worth. Like, this is where it starts. This is what my race is worth. It's like, no, baby, we come from descendants of the first linguists, the first mathematicians, the first astrologists and astronomers. It's just so unfortunate to see some people really think that that's where we started off the boat. Let me tell you. That's it's, true. It's crazy. That's true. And, you know, another thing, I guess this goes into another topic, but I'm not going to go deep into it. But to piggyback on that, um, people love to say, go back where you, where you came from or you look like you're fresh off the boat. And for me, to hear Black people say that, um, it's really disheartening only because all that screams to me is that you're super ignorant, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, you don't know who you are. And third of all, you do not know where you came from. Because our history, as you said, did not start with slavery. Like kings, queens, rulers, all of that. That was us. Don't ever think that the white man started that. Where do you think they imitated that from? Okay. <laughs> and y'all was over here spreading chicken pox? Nah, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. right. <laughs> nah. 
I will lie to you not. I can personally speak to that. Like, as soon as I started, watch the Hidden Colors documents or documentaries. Girl, I've oh, I never them. heard of that. Is that on Netflix? They're on the legal trading sites. Yeah. <laughs> and on YouTube. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know what Zoom going to do with that one, but, you know. <laughs> It's on YouTube, though. No, it's a series. You should definitely watch it. Okay, what is it? My grandmother watched it. Like, it's so surprising. My grandmother, and I, I, I hope she doesn't crucify me for telling the world her secret. But she is a. She used to be a Jehovah's Witness. Okay, and if y'all know anything about Jehovah's Witnesses, bro. Yep. Nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Kingdom Hall is all we know. That's it. Yeah. And it has taken her so long. Like she told me, she literally said. I finally understand why my grandsons act how they do. I finally understand my own daughter. Like these are, these are generational breakthroughs with things like educating. It's so important. I I lie to you not. When I first started to discover like where exactly we came from, what we've been through, what we have overcome, Mm -hmm. it really brought a new sense of confidence to me because I used to be one to feel like, why is my race the crabs in a barrel? Why are we the ones who can't get it together? And it's like, wait a minute, that's what they have been telling me. But that is not the case by far. So as soon as I started to find out, it's like, man, my black is beautiful. Like, you can't, I love when the summer hits. I love to get darker and darker. If you, the more you learn, the more you love. Wow. That's deep. I like that. Put that in my book. I think we just going to end it right there because, you know, like. <laughs> yes, 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 definitely. I mean, that's it. The more you learn, the more you love. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we want to thank you so much for coming on here and joining us Yay. today. You definitely brought us some word. We appreciate it. We love you guys, everybody who's listened to our very first episode. This is episode number 10. 10 episodes. Thank you so, so much for your views and your listening and your suggestions. We we listen to them and we really take heed and we hope that you guys got something valuable out of this conversation and take it to your family and continue to be who you are because you know, you that bitch, step up. (laughs) period (laughs) thank you guys again so much for listening um if you do have comments or concerns or questions or you want to be a guest you can contact us at info at spacetimeandenergy.com you can also reach us at spacetimeandenergy on instagram remember to dominate your space cherish your time and protect your energy love you guys so much